Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling, and Nick will be on later in the episode as after the success of our Inside the TV Writing Program series last year, today we decided to get an update on the major TV writing programs for 2020. That's the CBS Writers Mentoring Program, the NBC Writers on the Verge Program, and the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop. We sat down, well, virtually sat down with the decision makers themselves, the people overseeing the writing programs to get you the scoop on what they have changed from their application process to the programs and obviously their deadlines. So let's get started as we first look at the CBS Writers Mentoring Program with Jeannie Mao. We're now joined by Jeannie Mao, who runs the CBS Writers Mentoring Program as the Senior VP of Entertainment Diversity and Inclusion at CBS. Welcome, and uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. So first up, can you just give us a refresher of what your program is and what it offers? Sure. It's a writer's mentoring program. It offers some really great skills in terms of branding, building your network of resources and advocacy and support. We offer some substantial mentorships in providing you mentorship with the, within the executive ranks of our company. And uh, we have some really formidable workshops where we allow you access into the system by having you meet with showrunners and executive producers and agents and managers. What do potential applicants need to know about the program in 2020? Uh, they need to know that we've extended the deadline for submissions to May 31st. We extended the deadline yesterday to be the deadline on May 31st. We're just giving everyone an extra month just under these circumstances. Everyone's had to adjust and adapt. And we think we're going to get the best quality just because people are now stuck at home having to either focus on something that they need to do and be productive in that sense. So we've extended it for a month, which we've never done just in terms of the amount of the volume that we typically receive. We hope to receive that and then some. So everyone still has a bit of time to submit their application. Uh, The requirements haven't changed. You still need to submit a pilot, uh, an original sample, a pilot, a screen uh, stage play, or a short play, or short story, and a spec. So that stayed the same. And why does the CBS Writers Mentoring Program require both a spec and an original pilot? I know some of the other programs have been shifting lately. I think we've always required a spec, and everyone's, you know, there's been question back and forth of why. I think it helps myself and it helps the readers understand where that writer is in terms of their skill set to be able to write to somebody else's voice that's already been established. So it's really an exercise in ability, as opposed to, I mean, creatively, we really focus on the original stuff, but for the spec, it's really, can you write to the tone of somebody else's voice? Because that's initially what you're going to be doing. And regarding the the program itself, are there any changes uh, or evolution on the content? No, I mean, our speakers have changed over the years, just in terms of availability. We, we, we definitely pride ourselves on making sure that the alumni come back and the alumni who've been working and have risen through the ranks. We want it to be a really great full circle opportunity. And we had an alumni event last night via Zoom just to have different writers at different levels of their professional career come back and give them their perspective, having been in the program and now working within the system, which I think is really, really important. And how do you go about reevaluating the program each year and deciding what should change and what should stay the same? Every program's different. And that's a good question because obviously we take surveys. Uh, we do a, a career plan night for every specific writer individually. 
I think we also, we custom it every year based on the skill sets that our writers come with and the skill sets that we think they need. So some years there are really strong writers who come from different career backgrounds, but they just, they're not fine-tuned in the television business space. So then we kind of pivot and we focus a lot of our workshops in breaking down the difference between a studio and a network. What's a pod? What does a development exec do relative to a current exec? So it's really about customizing the education to fit the needs of the actual writers at that specific given year. On that note, have you noticed any common trends or changes in the different writing programs over the past year? For, for us, the common trend, which we never initially sought out or seek intentionally, is a lot of the writers that come into our program tend to be a little bit older. They tend to have a different skill set. So they, in their previous life, they were a this insert profession here. Um, and I might have spoken that, to that before in the prior podcast. They, we're looking for people who can develop and curate stories for our showrunners. I mean, we, we're looking for people who are storytellers. And for any showrunner who's, who's looking for that, if, if our writer has that ability to come with kind of a backpack full of supplies of stories, that's a really great attribute. So that's been kind of the upward trend of what we tend to curate. How have you noticed the industry itself changing over the last year or two in terms of like what they're looking for in content or uh, writers' experiences, things like that? I think in terms of staffing, when producers come to us, they've come to us with more specificity of what they're looking for, especially in shows that have specific leads that are, for instance, there are shows that are, want people with a law background. And so they are looking for female lawyers that have this type of specific skill. So I think the specificity in terms of what they're looking for can help us better target kind of what we're looking for in terms of what we want to bring in through the pipeline or just people who have that background. It's, it's not like they have to be in that. Maybe their father or their mother has that skill set or they work in and around that space or their spouse is that. We just, I think the more specific we can get, the better we can target and curate what people are looking for. And you mentioned earlier that Zoom alumni event that you hosted. Are there any new success stories that you would like to mention? We're in the middle of staffing now. We've had to reimagine our program under these circumstances. It's 2020. So we have about seven workshops left. And now they're being held um, via Zoom. And we had our event last night. And we've had alum at the executive story editor level come in and speak to our writers. So we had a Zoom session, about 15 people yesterday. And it went off really well. And it's just how do we continue the program reimagined as unconventional as the system is? Um, we, we, make, we, we make do and we're going to be doing that for the next seven weeks. And we have showrunners and we have more senior level writers coming in to do that. And it's just kind of keeping the train running in spite of kind of the circumstance we find ourselves in. What are the important dates for the program in 2020? Deadlines, uh, when the program would start, things like that. May 31st. That's the biggest deadline. Everyone submit your applications you have till May 31st. Spend a lot of time on that letter of interest. We take that seriously. It's like you're speaking to us. Um, and grammar check, spell check, all that wonderful check. Make sure you all do that. Um, and we look forward to everyone sub submitting their applications. And lastly, where can uh, people go to find out more about the program and apply in terms of your website, social media, et cetera? If they, people want to apply, they should go to viacbs, V-I-A-C-B-S dot com. 
and it's under the Writers Mentoring Program. So viacbs.com under the Writers Mentoring Program. And our Twitter feed, which has all the information in terms of deadlines and can link you to the actual application, is at C-B-S-E-N-T-D-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. And we now go to one of the programs with the biggest changes this year. That's the NBC Writers on the Verse program as we speak with Grace Moss. We are now joined by Grace Moss, who runs the NBC Writers on the Verse program as the Director of Talent Development and Inclusion for NBC Entertainment. Welcome and uh, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So first up, can you give us a refresher of what your program is and and what it offers? Absolutely. So Writers on the Verge is NBC's Temple Writers Program. Um, And the main goal is to discover uh, emerging voices and get them staffed onto our shows. And this program has been around for, I think this is going to be its 15th year with uh, great success. And you know, writers from the first class who are now at the showrunner level. And of course, you know, more recent classes who are um, getting staffed at the lower levels. So it's it's really paid paid off as far as the pipeline programs. And again, it's really for those writers who already know how to write. They have a solid portfolio of work and they just need um, that access and a little bit of grooming to get them into uh, broadcast television. That's great. And uh, what do potential applicants or returning applicants need to know about the NBC program in 2020? Yeah, the, there are two big changes. Um, the first is that instead of asking for a spec, which we have been doing historically, Um, I think since the inception of the program, we are now going to be asking for two original pilot samples. Um, And we're not going to be asking for a spec anymore. Um, And we are going to be asking for both samples up front versus one now and one later. Uh, So that's one of the big changes. And then the other change is that the submission window currently is going to be May 1st through May 10th instead of the full month of May. And uh, what prompted the decision to switch from uh, those spec scripts to just pilots this year? So, you know, I think with how the landscape has been evolving, we also wanted to make sure to evolve the program with it. And, you know, we found fewer and fewer people are reading specs and fewer and fewer writers are writing them. And in the meetings that I've had with new writers um, just over the years, a good handful of them didn't apply to Writers on the Verge because they didn't have a spec in their portfolio. I would say a good good number of them didn't. And we found that that was sort of a barrier of entry for folks, that they just didn't have it and they didn't want to um, you know, put in the time to write this whole new spec for a program. And so we figured, let's just make that change um, it seemed like a good time. Um, and of course, at the at the end of the day, we want to service the writers and get them staffed on our shows. And if making that change from specs to pilots was going to be beneficial, we thought we would go ahead and start doing it this year. And you also mentioned that you are now asking for uh, two samples up front. What went behind the decision to not just ask for one sample, but two? Yeah, I think, you know, our department has been evolving and we are just taking a look at, at how we can manage our internal sort of submission process and streamline any systems that we have in place. 
And one thing that we wanted to do was rather than doing two separate asks for samples, let's just get both samples up front. So primarily it's to manage the time on errand. And then also we want to make sure that those riders that are close to getting into the program actually have a second sample right off the bat. And they're not rushing to just write something if we ask for it later on in the submission process. So we're looking for those who have two samples just immediately in their portfolio, and they're not just trying to turn something out for this program. And what are you looking for in those uh, pilots and original samples, uh, whether that's changed from previous years or just as a refresher for people wanting to apply? You know, I don't think much has changed. I think, you know, obviously we want to see something that is memorable and I think if there's a sample that can be sort of a calling card for that writer, and there are a couple samples I remember just throughout the years that I'll always remember because they're so um, just so unique and different versus safer sort of um, more pedestrian, let's say, types of concepts. So, I mean, as far as drama, I think obviously I'm looking for an emotional investment. I want to be rooting for the characters. I want to see complex characters. If it's a procedural type of show, I want to see a clue trail that is both easy to understand, but also something that's just fresh and different and not something that's very sort of generic and comedy, which I know is so subjective, I want to be laughing out loud. If I'm at the end of act one and I barely cracked a smile, I probably won't be reading the rest of the script. You know, and I think it's also important for writers because I found sometimes they put all, they tend to save a lot of the, the good stuff towards the end. And I think it's important for them to know, like oftentimes executives and folks reading the scripts, won't necessarily go past 10 pages or go past act one. So it needs to be strong from beginning to end. Uh, So that's what I'm looking for. Were there any more samples required past that first round? How does the the rest of the application process or selection process rather uh, shake out? Yeah. So after that first round where we asked for two samples, that's it. You know, we have multiple rounds of screening And then once we get through the reading process, we'll do interviews, usually in person. If they can't, then we'll do video interviews if they're like on the East Coast. And then from there, we will pick the room around September, October. Um, The dates for the workshop may actually shift as well to a little bit later this year. We're still hashing that out, but um, I think we'll just adjust the timeline to reflect a later start as well. And on that topic, are there any changes in the content of the program itself for those people who are successful this year? Yeah, um, this is more of a recent change. We've maybe started doing this for the past year or two. Um, One thing we wanted to do was dedicate more time to developing and pitching ideas versus just going straight to draft. So we've added a couple weeks where writers will be able to um, pitch several ideas and then have extra time to develop them and think them through before going to outline. Um, So that's one thing. Uh, We also, as far as the um, professional development and industry sessions, we also enhanced our mentorship component. Um, So we are connecting the writers with their internal mentor much sooner in the process versus towards the end. Because we really feel it's important to, to, to develop a relationship 
um, you know, as we lead into staffing, because we obviously are huge advocates of the writers in the program. Um, and it, it's always more helpful if we can get additional executives on board. And so I think for that to happen, they need to have a stronger relationship. And so we've introduced the writers and the execs sooner in the process at the very beginning, actually, of the workshop. Um, we also added last year and continued this year a personal branding component with Carol Kirshner from CBS, who's amazing. And we also have additional showrunner meetings, too. And um, in previous years, we may have had one, if at all. And this year, we really made a push to get our showrunners involved with the program um, and just give as much insight as we can, both on the comedy side and drama side, so that they're really prepared for general meetings, for showrunner meetings, um, and just for staffing in general. And then in addition to that, the last thing is just we were a little bit more strategic as far as introducing our internal executives to the, the writers themselves. So that's everything from the timing that we um, share their material, their portfolio from the program, to how we're curating general meetings with our current executives. So everything is very intentional, all um, based around return on investment, getting them staffed on our shows. And on that topic, how do you reevaluate the, the program each year and decide uh, what should change and what should stay the same, like the submission window, for example? That's a great question. I think for us, you know, we take a look at every component of the program, every session, even the timeline. When is it best to finish the program so that they have optimal chances for staffing? So we, especially this last year, took a really good look at what was working um, and what could we, uh, was maybe not as beneficial or not the best use of our time. Again, all to service the return on investment for our network. Because ultimately, yes, we want to service the writers and yes, we want to get them staffed on our network. So a lot of these changes were to address that, um, you know, from building those connections to distributing their portfolios at a certain point in the year um, to making sure that those meetings that we're having with general meetings with our internal executives are targeted to specific needs of shows. And so, um, you know, again, our, our department has evolved and we also want to look at just managing our own workload and our what we have on our plate and just the volume of work. And we made adjustments to sort of um, accommodate that. And out of curiosity, have you noticed any common trends or changes that all of the various uh, writing programs have shared over the last year or two? I would say all the programs are so different. You know, I know some programs focus more on the uh, professional development and uh, industry relationships, and some are mo more focused on craft. I think ours is a good combination of both. So they're also different. I would say the main commonality as far as all these writing programs is the fact that the teams that manage them and this is a good thing, all have the same agenda and we all want to service the writers and our networks. Um, I think folks tend to think that we may be like competitive with one another, but we actually, it's the opposite. Like we're like, hey, who do you have from your program that we should meet? Or who is a superstar from last year that we could invite to this networking event? 
um, and vice versa. And, you know, if somebody was in the ABC program, I'm like, oh, that's good to know. Tim McNeil and DMA thought that this writer was really strong. So maybe we should take a look at this person as well. And I think that goes for all of us that run these programs is that the, the commonality is that we are extremely passionate to get all of our writers staffed. And if it's not on our own networks, then we will, we're happy to get them staffed on, you know, other networks as well. And to that idea, were there any new success stories you wanted to mention and bring up? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool that we support several writers programs, um, you know, CAPE, which is Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment, and HMC, which is the National Hispanic Media Coalition. And one thing that's been pretty consistent is that writers from those programs tend to, they're so prepared, well prepared that we um, usually have a handful of writers that make it into Writers on the Verge either the, that year or the following year. And so we have a writer um, who did CAPE. Uh, her name's Eileen Shin. She did CAPE and then she did Writers on the Verge and she's now a co-producer, which is insane because she's just skyrocketed and is um, at such a high level now. Um, she's co-producer for a new drama spinoff of a very popular um, cable series. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, we also had Eugene Cross, who was an alum of the National Hispanic Media Coalition Writers Workshop, who got staffed immediately after the program and is currently on one of our multi-cam comedy series, Indebted. Uh, last year, we have Pamela Garcia Rooney, who got staffed on Netflix's Selena series, In the Room, and then immediately transferred to our drama series, Council of Debs. And we actually have a writer in this year's class, drama writer, uh, who just, uh, her story is very, very special because she act had actually applied to Writers on the Verge for several years and didn't get in. And she got in this year, um, left her very um, successful job as head of business affairs for a major uh, entertainment company and is now a writer on a Netflix series called Sweet Magnolias. So that's Shani Amore. Um, so I've just been so proud to see all the writers from the programs really, um, you know, become successful through through samples that they've written with us. So it's uh, those I would say are some of the best success stories. Great, that's always amazing to hear. So, uh, what are the important dates for the program coming up in 2020? When does it open, close, yeah. start, all that kind of thing? So, program uh, submission window will open May 1st and close May 10th. Again, that's shorter than how long we've had it historically. And then the program itself will probably start late October to early November. Um, I'm sure Karen mentioned this previously. You need to be in LA for that. Um, so if you're East East Coast writer, you just need to make sure you can find yourself in LA for the next few months for, of the program. Uh, the end date for the workshop will likely be late March, early April of 2021. So it's several months, but we meet just once or twice a week after business hours. So if you have a day job, you can, you know, keep that and just come to, uh, to the workshop afterwards. And where can people go to find out more information and apply like the website and uh, social yeah. media? Yeah. So our website is, um, NBC uni tips and that's like for NBC universal talent infusion programs, NBCUniTips.com. And that's also our handles for all of our social media. So if you follow us on social, 
that's where we will always give updates as far as like, hey, this submission window is opening next month. Hey, this window is closing tomorrow. So if you just want reminders to come to you versus having to chase it online on our website, I think following our social is the best way to go. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us and giving us updates on the program this year. You're so welcome. Happy to be here. And for those wondering, the NBC Writers on the Verge website does not yet reflect this updated deadline, but they should be updating their website soon. And last but certainly not least, we are now getting an update from the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop with Rebecca Windsor. We are now joined by Rebecca Windsor, who is the director of the Warner Brothers Television Workshop. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us. Nice to be back. (laughs) Thanks for coming back. Uh, So first up, can you just give us a refresher of what your program is and what it offers? Warner Brothers Writers Workshop has been around um, for more than 40 years, and it's really the studio's efforts to try and find the superstar showrunners of tomorrow. Um, We know that there are so many talented, aspiring writers out there who have not gotten their first staffing job, first, you know, been able uh, first break, launch their career. And so that's what the workshop is there to do is how do we how do we find out of the thousands of people who apply? How do we find the people that we think are the most talented um, and, you know, uh, train them and and get them prepared for their first jobs and, and help launch their career so that hopefully they have a very long uh, writing career, uh, particularly with Warner Brothers. And what do potential applicants, especially newer ones, need to know about the program in 2020? There are no changes. We still, uh, all the application requirements are the same. We ask for a spec script in the first round. If you advance, then you would um, be asked for an original piece of material, which can be a pilot or a screenplay or a play or short story. And then classes remain the same, which is we meet one night a week from October through March which is a combination of uh, lecture series, bringing in showrunners and writers and executives talking about different facets of the industry and different creative exercises that we think will help um, writers grow and develop. And there's also a simulated writer's room portion where all the writers will be writing specs and sort of hitting all the different milestones of story area, beat sheet outline and script. And then while working in class as a writer's room, and then we'll develop an original pilot with each writer and with the with the hope of getting everybody staffed on one of our shows. Great. Uh, so a couple of the other writers programs have eliminated specs out of the application process. Uh, why does the WB writers program still value uh, having those specs in there in the application? Yeah, it's a good question. I get asked it a lot. Um, I think, you know, it, it's twofold. I, th- I think one of the um, simplest answers is that if you do get hired as a staff writer on a show, you need to be able to write in your showrunner's voice. And so it is a way for us to actually see, can you do that job? And if you can't, then we don't, you know, then we just sort of feel like, well, you've, you've failed at the mission, which is the job requirement uh, at, an, you know, at that entry level stage. I think it also helps even the playing field a little bit. You know, it's not an exact metaphor, but I sometimes use it as like, use something like the SAT or standardized test as as a metaphor, only in the sense that we're asking the same thing of everybody. And those who succeeded it are the ones that we will, you know, move on to, to the next round. Obviously, original pilots are incredibly important, not just for getting jobs, but also for us, we do want to see what your voice is too. But I think it is really important for us to see, are you able to mimic the voice of a show, and also hopefully bring something of yourself 
to that spec, which is, you know, another one of the age old questions of how, how do you do that? And obviously there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I think at the bare minimum, you know, we just, we would just want to see if you're able to capture the tone of the show, how certain characters talk or tell jokes or, or whatnot. All of that is, you know, really important to us to see if you've done your due diligence in, in understanding how each show is specific and, and how to, you know, again, mimic it. And regarding your program itself, how do you sort of reevaluate the program each year and decide what should change or what should remain the same? In terms of applications, we feel pretty strong that what we're doing is working because we get such fantastic people each year. So I, I feel like our selection process is doing its job because you know we we believe in, in in everybody and they've gone on to great successes in terms of the actual workshop and and the classes and i mean the 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 writers room portion will you know always remain and in terms of the lecture series and the topics that we discuss and the speakers that we bring in there's some people that we have every single year come in and do the same talk because we think it's you know so fantastic and so helpful but there is there are little tweaks year to year and um, we always at the end of the workshop we will send a survey out to our writers that have just completed the class and ask for their really candid feedback you know which classes did you really respond to which did you feel were a little too basic uh, were there any speakers that you thought were great or or not were um were there things that you wish that we had covered that we hadn't? And based on those, they've actually, you know, been really helpful in us making some adjustments to classes based on on things where I felt like, oh yeah, that's actually a good idea. You know, maybe maybe we don't need this class so much anymore, but it would be more helpful for our writers to do a class on this subject instead. And have you noticed any particular trends or changes across all of the various writing programs in the industry over the last couple of years, whether that's as a result of the industry changing or just the programs themselves? It's hard for me to answer that about other programs. I mean, obviously, um, my counterparts that run the other writing programs, we were all friendly and we talk and talk about best practices and things like that. But I, I unfortunately don't know the ins and outs of what, what they have changed. In terms of trends, I mean, I, I guess sort of the only thing that has been going on for a couple of years, which makes it a little bit challenging for us, tends to be on the comedy side of things. The proliferation of a lot of half-hour dramedies or half-hour dramas that are, you know, we sort of try to feel like, where where do we put this? Is this a comedy? Is it is it not a comedy? And it, and it's and it's tricky because when when people apply to the program, we ask them to self-identify: Are you a comedy writer or are you a drama writer? Because we take certain amount of each. And we also want to have an idea of, okay, you're this kind of writer. This is the kind of show that we do that we think that we could potentially place you on. And so it can be a little bit challenging when someone as their spec writes in Atlanta, for example, or, you know, something else that's not traditional comedy, but it's not quite drama either. It's, it, it becomes a little tricky because unfortunately our studio doesn't make a lot of those half hour cable dramedies or half our dramas or whatever you want to call them our bread and butter on the comedy side tends to be a little bit more traditional a lot of multicams but you know very sort of traditional joke driven comedies so having that half hour drama or half hour dramedy sometimes it's difficult for us to you know as well written as it may be it's difficult for us to sort of know what to do with it and we've you know talked about do we put those shows into the drama side you know or whatnot and we haven't really come to an answer and we've kind of gone back and forth so i don't know that i have an answer to that but it's it mm -hmm. is something that i think the industry at large is a little bit you know struggling with whether you're talking about like where does it fit in the emmys and you know what categories but having said that we have also had success with taking 
comedy writers and getting them staffed on on one hour dramas that tend to be you know lighter one one hours or, or dramedies so it, it becomes a challenge in terms of selection but not necessarily staffing absolutely and on that note do you have any new success stories you would like to to share with us let's see well um i'm happy to report that everyone from the 2019 writers workshop has been staffed which is amazing it's early still but with some of the, them who work on uh, shows that have had early renewals for next season they've already been notified that they're they're being asked back which is fantastic and there's a few other people on shows that just haven't been renewed yet so we'll see but hopefully you know uh, all indications would point to them being asked back because the reports i've heard of that are that they have been really um strong writers and a great great part of the team we actually just this week um one of our alumni from a couple of years ago cesar mazariegos was in varieties 10 latinx talent to to be aware of whatever their top 10 latinx talent he was one of them so that was really exciting for him and for us you know and we continue to have alumni who are ascending the ranks and who are writing and selling pilots and getting overall deals and blind script deals and, and things like that so luckily we you know have a really deep bench of of alumni uh, successes. Fantastic. That's all great to hear. So uh, what are the important dates for the program for 2020? And just a reminder of what the time commitment for the program is as well. So the application opens May 1st and closes May 31st. And again, for that, you have to have a spec script of a show that's on our accepted show list, which is not every single show that's on the air because that's impossible, but it's a pretty deep, comprehensive list. So we feel like we hope that every writer would be able to find a show on there that sort of suits their voice and that they know how to write really well. I strongly encourage people not to wait till May 31st to apply, even though I'm sure most of them, 90% of people do, <laughs> only because inevitably there's technical problems, usually not on our side, you know, usually like your PDF is corrupted or, you know, which we find out afterwards. And so do yourself a favor and get your application in a few days early. And also don't wait to the last minute to write your spec. I think, you know, very, very rarely will someone be able to write an amazingly strong spec in two weeks because you want to obviously study the show and, and, and get it right. So I would just say start working on it now. And then so if you were to advance to the next round, we would notify you in August asking for the additional script. And then we do our interviews in September and then we start classes in the middle of October. The time commitment is we meet one night a week from about the middle of October through uh, the end of March. Usually it's like seven to 10 so that people who have day jobs can still obviously go to their day jobs and then, and then come to us after that. And uh, where can people go to find out more information and apply like the program website and the social media information, et cetera? Our website is televisionworkshop.warnerbros.com slash writers dash workshop. Or to be easier, you can just Google Warner Brothers Writers <laughs> Workshop and it will take you right to the page. <laughs> and uh, we do have a Facebook page as well, which I think is Warner Brothers Television Workshop. I think we have a Twitter feed. I actually, I don't know. I, I, I feel so bad. I should know this, but um, my assistant handles all the social stuff. So I think it's probably something along those lines as well. Warner Brothers Television Workshop where we, I mean, we really only use the Facebook and, and the and the Twitter, use, uh, the Twitter, sorry, I sound like my parents. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> just to sort of do reminders of upcoming deadlines and, and things like that. But yeah, all the information is on the website. So most of what I've said is on there, all the accepted shows, the application will be on the website. There's FAQs, eligibility, all of that. And there's also, if your question is not answered by anything on the website, there's a contact us button. So you can ask um, something more specifically and we will give you an answer. Excellent. And uh, we will put all those links in our show notes for this episode. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for coming. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Talk to you later. And that's a wrap on the 2020 TV writing update for this month. Unfortunately, we were not able to get an update from the Walt Disney TV writing program, formerly known as the Disney ABC writing program, in time for this recording. But you should stay tuned to their website for any added information. We want to give a massive thank you to all the heads of these TV writing programs for taking the time to sit down with us virtually, especially in this time to give you guys an update on what they're doing. And before we go don't forget that we are now on patreon so if you enjoyed this episode please consider supporting paper team via our patreon page at paperteam.co slash patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n you'll get exclusive content opportunities merch and we can keep producing a great show like this one for you every week you can get all the show notes for this episode uh, including all the links to the different writing programs at paperteam.co slash 176 as always i'm on twitter at tv calling nick watson is at underscore angie watson if you have any thoughts, feedback, ideas for future episodes, you can always send them to ask at paperteam.co. And next week, we're actually off for Easter Monday and Passover, but we will be back April 20, Monday, April 20, with a special episode looking at how we are coping with what's going on right now in the world and what that means for the podcast. So please join us on April 20. See you then.